Thank you for checking out our podcast here at Eastern Assembly of God Church in Baltimore, Maryland. If you'd like more information about our church, you can find us at www.easternassembly.org. All right, last week we, we, we started a two-part series on serving. Pastor Kelsey preached did a great job. And uh, if I can just surmise what she said if you weren't here, we can put our compassionate service in Jesus' hands by faith, and he can do through us what we could never do if it was just us without him. Can you say amen? Now listen, I got saved in the summer of 1979. I was working in a paper mill, and uh, I, was, I wasn't saved but about two weeks when, when God put something in my heart, which was really my first act of service, what he asked for me to do something out of myself. And what he asked me to do, what I felt like he wanted me to do, was hand out chick tracks. Any of you familiar with chick tracks? They're still around, I think. And I may be stuck. I may need your help to get to the next slide, and then I can hopefully take it from there because I'm not going anywhere there. If you could just, if there's someone up there to get me to that next slide, I'd appreciate it. And chick tracks are like little comic booklets that tell the story of salvation. And um, so I just felt led. I'd put about 10 in my pocket, and I would just distribute them. I was shy. I, I didn't have the guts to give it to somebody. I was only saved two weeks, so I'd, when they were away from their machine, I'd put it on their machine, I'd put it in the lunchroom, and I'd just say, well, Lord, I'm going to do what you tell me to do, and would you, would you help me? And to my amazement, I watched guys sitting at the machine reading these books. One guy even cut off all the covers and put them on his machine. And very early in my Christian life, listen, I knew God was working in me, and that was awesome, but I realized that God could work through me. And there's just something about sensing that the Holy Spirit is working through you. And I don't know if somebody's up there trying to help me out to get to those slides. We're working on it. I think we're stuck. If we're stuck, we're stuck, and we'll just keep on proceeding along. Okay? Now, here is a powerful thought. Listen. If we are the hands and feet of Jesus, and we are. We are his body. Jesus is the head. We are the body. If we are the hands and feet of Jesus, what would happen if every Christian served in some way? Be pretty powerful, wouldn't it? What if every believer leaned towards serving instead of having to be persuaded to serve? What if every believer who was saved for more than a few months would say, it's time for me to move from getting to giving? Okay, now, how many believe you're blessed because you're a believer? Okay, but you know the Bible doesn't hide the fact how you can be more blessed? What's the option of, like, not being more blessed, less blessed? I want to be more blessed. Well, here it is. Here's the scripture. The Bible says, I'm still pushing, we're not quite there. Acts 10.35, just listen. It is more blessed to give than to receive. That's just not talking about finances. That's in every way. I mean, I'm more blessed when I open up my hand in some way and serve somebody. Because think about it. Why would God need to fill me more if I'm just a reservoir keeping it to myself. But when there becomes an outlet, God's like, man, I need to fill them up because what, they're, what I'm giving them, they're giving away. Do you get it? Now listen, I have been a pastor of some kind for 38 years. Started out as a youth pastor, became a senior pastor in 1989. You know what I've discovered in watching Christians who are the most joyful Christians? Say, who, Pastor. It's the ones who serve. 
because it's coming in and it's going out. And the most miserable Christians are people who sit around thinking about all the problems they have. Think about it. You know the best thing you can do when you have problems is serve. Because in, a lot, in being a blessing, God will take care of you. Can you say amen? 1 Corinthians 12, 27. This is our text for the day. I want you to listen carefully. It says, now you are the body of Christ. Say, you are. And each one of you is a part of it. It could just as easily be translated, every one of you is a part of it. So Christ is the head. We are the body. Did you know when you got saved, you just didn't get saved from sin, although that's wonderful. Come on, somebody. Your sins are forgiven. You just didn't receive new life. It's not just about a personal relationship with Jesus, although I have a personal relationship with Jesus and so is you, but you were literally saved into Jesus' body, his church, his family. Come on, somebody. It's a miracle. You were brought out of darkness and into his family. Amen? Amen. And we can do more together than we could ever do in of ourselves. Now, I had some pictures. You're just going to have to trust me, okay? Uh, recently, when I say recently, a couple months ago, we sent $12,000 to Honduras to build two churches of congregations that were meeting but didn't have any building. They were just in Honduras. They'll meet under a tree. They don't care. All right? But meeting under a tree when it's pouring down raining in rainy season doesn't fare so well. You understand? Now, listen. For most of you, if I come to you and say, look, would you give $12,000 to build two churches in Honduras? You just kind of have a blank stare, just like you are right now, kind of a blank stare, right? But what you couldn't do in and of yourself, we did as a body because we're better together. We're his hands and his feet. And when we work together, we can do things that none of us could do if it was just us. Matter of fact, haven't announced this yet, but in three weeks, Dan Harlan and I are headed to Honduras to preach for Pastor Elise Convention. We'll be ministering to the 140 pastors who are part of his network, and we're staying a couple extra days with intentions of going to those two churches and dedicating them. How awesome that's going to be. Are you going to shout when you see a picture of us standing in front of that church? We're believing that. Listen. On Wednesday nights, again, just talking about how we're better together. Wednesday nights, there are those who help us so we can have an adult service. There are those who help with the kids. And, yes, we're starting Rangers and Missionettes this coming Wednesday again and helping the youth. And everybody doing their part allows us to minister in a way much bigger than any of us could do in and of ourselves. Amen? I love the way Peter said it. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 says this. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Think about that. Think about what a nation can do versus just what an individual. A people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now. Everybody say, but now. You are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And and I want to take a moment and talk to someone today that may have the question, how do I become part of the family of God? First of all, you can't sign up for it. There's no sign up out of Grand Central. I want to be part of the family of God. Can't pay a fee. The only way you can be part of the family of God is by miracle. And that miracle happens when you take your life and you hand it over to Jesus and you open that door 
And when you do that, listen to me, he will come in, he will wash you clean, he will breathe new life into you, and in a miracle, he will transfer you into his family in a miraculous moment. But now, he will say, you are now my son, you are now my daughter. Come on, somebody. Only he can do that. Listen, you you could be sitting in your seat right now. I I don't even have to call you forward. We do that sometimes. I, I don't even have to pray with you. In your seat right now, you can just say, Lord, I surrender. Come on, who gave you life in the first place? Yeah. Who paid to have your life back? Jesus did. Put it in his hands, and in a miraculous moment, he'll transfer you. Anybody glad for that this morning? You know, the Bible says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Why, why, why does he words use now? But now you're part of God's kingdom. Now is the time. Why the word now? Because when that door is open, you ought to walk through it. Because none of us are promised tomorrow. Look at your neighbor and say, today. So you are the body of Christ. Second part. And each of you is a part of it. Now, it's interesting that Paul uses the analogy of a physical body to compare his body to. And in Corinthians, he goes on to say these words in 1 Corinthians 12. Just listen. He said, now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. True? And if the ear should say, because I am not an ear, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cause to be part of the body. If their whole body were an eye, that'd be kind of weird. Where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, this is an important verse. God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Okay, so many parts. Listen, if I were to ask you what are the most important parts of the human body, I mean, I would say your brain your heart, and your lungs. Any one of those goes, you're done, right? You don't realize how important the lesser parts are until one of those lesser parts isn't working so well. Rhonda's saying, how about a knee, right, and all this, right? I, I um, and you're going to need to go, can you go all the way to the slide that shows that person with gout, that, that ugly foot, all right? That's where I'm at right now, if you could get there. Otherwise, I'm going to have to take over. There we are. All right. That is not my foot. My foot is much uglier than that, I assure you, all right? So, so I have, over the years, have struggled some with gout. Thankfully, I have not had a gout attack in many, many, many years, all right? I've learned what to do to control it. But, but gout is caused by an excess of uric acid in your body that's supposed to be filtered out by your kidneys, but I guess, uh, you know, too much, they can't do it. And that, those uric acid crystals crystallize in one of your joints. Normally, it's right there at that joint in your toe. It is exceedingly painful. All right. I remember one time when I passed through the inner city, I had a really bad gout attack. I could not put on a pair of shoes. And I preached in my bedroom slippers. Now, the good news is, because I was pastor in the inner city, there were numerous people who came to church in their bedroom slippers, and they just thought that the pastor was hip for the day. I'm like, yep, just one of y'all, you know what I mean? And so, uh, how you know God can work all things for the good? Come on, somebody. Amen. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Okay, so the question is, what is your part? 
1 Corinthians 12, 27 says this. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part, this is the message translation, of, of that body does your part mean anything. Come on, only when you recognize that you have a part. Now, inevitably, you preach a message like this, and somebody comes and says something like this. Pastor, how do I know what my part is? Or I'm having a hard time figuring out my part. I've been praying about it. I just can't seem to figure it out. And, you know, they're hoping in their prayer time they're going to hear an audible verse, voice. You should be a helper in the kids' Sunday school. Yes, Lord! Or maybe the King James Version. Uh, uh, Thou shalt waveth the signeth in the parking lot, you know. Uh, listen, listen to me. Most times that does not happen. That is not how you get started, Okay. Uh, sometimes we want uh, something kind of prestigious. It's interesting in this, sec, this same chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul says, are all apostles? What's the answer to that? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all have power to do miracles? Notice all these are prestigious things. I mean, if you put an apostle in front of your name, now you're in a class with Paul and Peter. If you say, I'm a prophet, now you're with Isaiah and Jeremiah. If you're working miracles, you've got people's attention. Sometimes people want the more prestigious things to do, all right? Do we all have the gift of healing? No. Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown tongues, not, not in a public service part? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown tongues? Of course not. So we should earnestly desire, here, here's a hint in getting involved, the most helpful gifts. Okay? In other words, where am I needed the most? All right? Uh, the Message Bible puts this verse this way. Some of you are competing for the more important parts. When the truth is, start somewhere. Listen, if you, if you talk to Sherry Groves, she'll be downstairs heading up the mission at table. And listen, I'm just going to pause here. What is happening downstairs after service is not just all about you signing up for something a lot of this is information just so you know the kind of ministries we have. Some of you would love to get involved, but you don't even know we have a homeless ministry. You don't even know that we go pick people up. and You understand there's things, so, so we want to acquaint you and give you opportunity. Now, if you talk to Sherry Groves, what's the most needed? She said, man, I could use some ladies to sit in those missionette classrooms and be a helper on Wednesday nights. If you talk to Casey Jones, he would love to say, hey, I'd love for you to take a day or two off work, and when we do church makeovers... Come and help us out. If you talk to Tracy or Connie, uh, they'd be helpful to have a few more people willing to cook a meal once in a while for when a family goes through a hard time or is having surgery. My wife and I were benefits of that powerful ministry when my wife had her surgery. Come on, somebody. We're not looking to wear anybody out. We just want everybody to do their part. Amen? One of the ways we do that, particularly if it's a Sunday morning, we do it in teams and we do it uh, like if you sign up to be a greeter, we're going to put you on a team where you'll be a greeter once a month. If you're uh, waving a sign in the parking lot, put you on a team once a month. You say, well, Pastor, I, I hate to miss service. Listen, do you know there's a way you can do ministry and not miss a single service? Say how. How? Come to the 830 service, go to Sunday school, serve in the 11 a.m. You say, Pastor, that's a long day, okay? Want a long day? Meet me here at 6 a.m. next Sunday when I get here, and I'll show you what a long day is. Come on, somebody. Amen? Listen, someday I'm going to step down from being a lead pastor. And I, I've already played this in my mind, what it's going to look like when I go to a church that I'm going to call home. 
I'm going to sit down with the pastor. I'm just going to say, Pastor, where can I be the most helpful? You need somebody to mow your grass? I can mow grass. You need somebody to wave a sign? I can wave a sign. Listen, I don't have to preach to do something for the kingdom. I mean, it's what God has called me to, but I want to be a blessing wherever I'm at. Need me to run the soundboard? I can run the soundboard. Okay, now listen, I do believe there needs to be a little giftedness in the area that you're signing up for. If you're tone deaf, the worship team probably would not be your first stop. If you can't smile, being a greeter probably wouldn't be your first stop. Are you listening this morning? Amen. But what I'm asking you to do is, if there's a little spark in your heart as you go through those downstairs, just, just sign up. Sign up doesn't mean commitment. It just means I'm interested. You'll be contacted, perhaps given a chance to shadow uh, in that ministry and just see what the Lord will do. Amen? Many of you have heard part of the story I'm going to tell you, but I was reminded this week of a part that I've never told you in my 20 years here. So stick with me, even if you think you know the story. There's a part you don't know. So between my third and fourth year in Bible school, I was invited to, to intern at my home church up in York, Pennsylvania. And my youth pastor couldn't wait to tell me what my jobs were going to be. Now, I, I, it wasn't a paid position. I was still working full time during the day. Then I would give my evenings and weekends to the church. And he sat down and said, man, we're so excited to have you here. You know what you're going to be this summer? I said, no, what am I going to be? You're going you're gonna to be and you're going to do everything we don't want to do. The senior pastor doesn't want to do it. Youth pastor doesn't want to do it. Music minister, Christian ed, it's going to be you. And we have an official title. And they had put this sign over the little covey that was going to be my office. Minister of Miscellaneous. I taught junior high Sunday school. I've told you that story. Nate Blouse was affected by that ministry. I, I started a nursing home ministry, a door-to-door ministry, was a youth worker. One Wednesday, two of the pastors, of course, this was on the summer vacation time, two of the pastors were away on vacation, and the third pastor, who was supposed to be in charge of the Wednesday night service, got sick. So I got a call from the pastor and says, would you cover this Wednesday for us? I said, sure, I'd love to do that. And that Wednesday, there was a visitor in service who I uh, was drawn to after service, found out he was in town because he was going to be moving from Grand Rapids, Michigan to York, PA. He was the vice president of a company. He was taking a new position, and he was checking out the church. I said, well, you're here alone. What, what are you doing after? Let's go down to Rudder's and get a coffee or have some ice cream. He said, sure. So we went down, came back the next week, still in town looking for a place for his family. I said, you want to go down to Rudder's again? And Don and I became friends through two times out. And I'm just trying to tell you, listen, how many of you are capable of going to having a coffee with somebody? See, see, it, it doesn't take much, but it takes something, right? So interesting, about a year ago, his daughter Tammy got a hold of me, and she said, me and my family are going to be going on a missions trip, and we are flying out of Baltimore. Could you possibly drive us to the airport and then just leave our van parked at Eastern so that we don't have to pay for the fee at BWI. I said, sure. That's Tammy all the way on the left. Her two sons to the entire family went on a missions trip. Okay? I would have never knew her if I didn't take her dad to coffee. And then this January, around my birthday, this is Don, the guy I took for coffee, his wife. And it's kind of small, but it's on Facebook. He sent me a birthday. I'm going to read it to you if you can't see it. It's January 3rd, two days after my birthday. He said, happy birthday, Ed. Never forget coffee at Rudder's in July 1983, two weeks in a row. Listen, friend, do you realize that was almost 40 years ago? Come on, people don't forget. 
People don't forget when your service touches their life. We are the body of Christ. Listen, one, one more scripture, and then Pastor Jared's going to come and just share for a few moments, and then we're going to head down for the ministry fair. All right? By the way, on your back of your bulletin, I missed this point. There is all the prayer times we have. If you say, Pastor, I can't physically serve. I'm older. I don't get around well. There's an opportunity for you to get involved in ministry by joining our prayer calls. They're all on the back of your bulletin. Jesus said these words. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. Listen. So not only is there the joy of knowing God is working through me, not only is there the joy of watching somebody touched by your service, but there's the part that God's keeping track. You understand? God's, God's keeping track. Next week, we start a missions emphasis. I'm really excited about it. We're going to have, I'm going to kick it off, and then we're going to have some missionaries. We're going to have a missionary hero here in three weeks. I mean, a legend. David Grant is going to be in the house. And uh, David Grant and his wife have started Project Rescue in India. He is literally a missionary legend, and he's going to be here. It's going to be awesome. Don't, don't miss any of those weeks. But one of the things I'm going to be telling, and I'm just going to use this illustration because it's easier this way. Okay, let's just say two weeks from now, when the Harriths are here, um, you, you feel led, you pray about it, and you feel led to put $20 in the offering for, for them. You know, God keeps track. And the Harris go back to their mission field, and maybe that, that money God had used to put in a gas tank for them to go to a village somewhere. And, and you get to heaven, and this person comes to you and says, hey, the Lord revealed to me that you're part of the reason that I'm here. And you're going to be like, I don't know you. I've never been to your country. And he says, yeah, but remember that offering? You did what God asked you to. God used that to put gas in the gas tank. That's why the Harris came. They preached. I got one to the Lord. I just want to give you a hug and say thanks. You think that's better than three cups of coffee at the Dunkin'? Not saying I'm against going to the Dunkin', but I'm, but, but I'm making a point. It's easy to excuse ourselves and just say I can't. And I'm encouraging you. Yes, you can. Pastor Jerry, would you come? Just share briefly your testimony. And then we're going to send you downstairs. And I'm going to dismiss all the workers. If you are involved in some way in the ministry fair, you, you can slip out right now. Family, I'm, I'm excited. Pastor had asked me if I would come up and share. We had the opportunity to speak with some of our leaders, and I got to share a little bit of my story. I know I'm still kind of new here. Some of you guys are getting to know me, but uh, I got excited when, when we started talking about this volunteer fair, this opportunity for you guys to see so many amazing ministries that Eastern has to offer. And we really do. What an amazing church that we get to serve in that is, is so hands-on in so much ministry, so hands-on and, and making an impact in, in this community and to so many people. And so he asked me to come up and share a little bit of my story. And, and you know, I don't know if some of you guys can relate, but I, I kind of, I grew up in church when I was younger, but there was definitely a, a, a moment in my life, there was a season in my life where when things got busy, things got crazy, I could make a ton of excuses, but there was a moment where maybe I wasn't very, uh, I wasn't connected at all to a church. Let's just be honest. Let, let's call it what it is and say what it is. And, and you know, uh, through some just different things, different opportunities, different stuff, um, I really felt the Lord pulling it at me and my family to get us back involved in a church. And and so Lindsay and I, through one of my mentors, he had kept inviting us to his church, and we started attending there. And and um, just to share with you a little bit about who I am, I can be a very impulsive person, right? I make a lot of quick decisions sometimes, uh, not always to the good, sometimes to the bad, my wife will tell you. Um, but one of my kind of sayings is I'll be like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll jump into something, and I'll go, that's future Jared's problem, right? Like, I'm, I'm cool with this now, that's future Jared's problem. And I'll tell you what, future Jared can't stand present Jared a lot of the times, uh, that just tends to be a reoccurring theme in my life. 
But we go to this church, and when we get there, when Lindsay and I get there, we go to take our daughter Kaylee. She's like two years old, and we're going to put her in the nursery. And they're all but begging for nursery workers. I mean, all but begging. They just The need was so great, and they needed people. And I was like, well, if we're going to use you know, this ministry, we should, we should be involved in this ministry. We should help out, right? Like I'm, and I'm brand new. Like, you know, like, who am I? But I'm like, I just want to step in and get involved, and I did. Uh, don't quite know what I signed up for, right? Those of you that work in nursery, you understand what that looks like, where you basically become a human jungle gym, and when you're six foot three, the kids want to climb all over you, you know, kick you in the face, all that good stuff. It was great. Um, we were serving in, in nursery ministry, and we were serving consistently. Uh, it didn't take long. We had a connections pastor, and she came to me, and she said, uh, you know, Jared, we, we we're starting. Someone had donated a golf cart to our church, and, and we're going to use it to drive through the parking lot and pick people up and help them bring them to the front doors, and we want you to oversee that ministry. And I'm like, yeah, cool, let's do it. Right, once again, current Jared making problem, causing problems for future Jared. And uh, future Jared finds moments in his life where your week gets long. Things get crazy. Your Saturdays are long. There's birthday parties and events and different things, and you're tired. And, and that Sunday morning alarm just comes way too early. And I go, ah, we're just going to stay home today. We're just going to stay home. I'm tired, right? And, of course, my wife, who, who knows all things and controls all things, she's like, aren't you supposed to drive a golf cart today? Oh, I can't stand. I can't stand present Jared. Past Jared, I guess, at this point. But guys, let me tell you something. That commitment that I made, it created habits. It's too easy in today's world for us to, to, to show up and punch a ticket when it comes to church. It's too easy to be a spectator. I hear it all the time. Church can sometimes be a spectator sport. As long as I'm there, people see me. Hi, how you doing? God bless you. That's cool. Great message, pastor. And then you leave. It's easy to do that. But let me tell you. Even though it was hard to wake up on those Sundays, even though it was difficult because life got so busy, I made a commitment, I stuck to it. God created habits in my life that absolutely changed who I was. Through serving in something like nursery, through serving in parking lot ministry, little things like that that I'm telling you, God made connections. He helped me connect to a deeper and, and stronger family. You hear me say, because of Jesus, we're family all the time. I got connected to that family through serving. God did things in my life. It was through that serving that I got connected into youth ministry. That, 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 that in youth ministry, God absolutely and completely transformed my entire family. He placed a calling on my life. I'm, I'm, I'm over five years in full-time youth ministry because God said he took me from where I was and he moved me into something different because I was obedient, because I created habits in my life. He absolutely transformed my life. And here's what I want to share with you. Through serving, you have so many opportunities, right? Number one, you can make an impact in someone else's life. There was people that impacted my life greatly, right? You hear people say, you know, I, I don't know if I can change the world. Yeah, you might not be able to change the world. You could change someone else's world. You absolutely could. But God's going to do something in you. He's going to do something through you. The, the, the world that we live in that's full of loneliness, heartache, and, 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 and just depression that, that, that creeps into so many people, deal with so many different things. I'm telling you, there's community in serving. There's community in this church, and we, we I, I'm telling you, it, it becomes too easy to stay back and do nothing. It be, it's too easy to sit back and watch. Sometimes we don't need easy. Sometimes we need what God has for us. Amen? 
Let's be willing to step into what God has for us. Uh, Pastor Ed Eastern, we've, we've created this, this opportunity for you guys to see these different ministries. Let me encourage you, become a part of something bigger than yourself. Step into something bigger than yourself, and I promise you there's so many amazing things for you, and there's so many amazing things for others that God gets to do through you if you would commit and serve. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Pastor Ed. So listen, even if you only have a few minutes, you say, Pastor, i got to be somewhere at 1 o'clock, whatever, please come down and take a look. Now, here's what we're going to do. First of all, I need you parents to get your kids. As soon as I dismiss you, get your kids and then come down. Okay, we want all of you flowing into the fellowship hall together. It's not going to be like a line, you're waiting in line. We want to get you all in there, and then you can look. The tables are in a U. Then you can go to the tables that you want and look around. See, I'm hungry. There's snacks down there. There's power bars. There's nuts. There's candy. We had some kids coming around with their bag like it was Halloween. It's all right. All right, it's all good. Okay, Um, we want you there. And then lastly, you're going to be given a pen. Please understand, at this point, signing up is not a commitment. It's just an interest. Got that? Lord, I pray you'd use this message to speak to your people. God, that Eastern Assembly would have an overabundance of volunteers for the glory of God so that we could do together what none of us could do in and of ourselves. In Jesus' name. You say, Pastor, which way is the fellowship hall? I'm pointing to the way down. Go out these doors. Go past the bathroom. There's a staircase. Also an elevator lift if you need help getting down there. Flow into there. You'll be given a pen. And go and discover the ministry, the, men, the many ministries of Eastern Assembly. God bless you.